So, so looking back at that is a, is a bitter pill to swallow. But at the same time, I now have the perspective to understand that I am still here. A lot of people are still here. And for those that aren't, you know, that is a tragedy. <laughs> that's, that's our silver sure. lining. Well, audience, yeah. some people are not yet dead. <laughs> some people made it out. <laughs> Buddy, I'm Hal. I'm Pax. And this is Brotakus, the show where two guys who love anime do a deep dive on what is and isn't worth watching. We believe you don't have to get a major in anime studies to enjoy this wild, beautiful, and strange art form, and we're lucky to have you on this journey with us. What is up, my little ho ho ho, Santa's little sleuths? What is going on? I hope you had a fantastic uh, and very happy holiday weekend. Hope you got some dope gifts and uh, and that if you had family that you always hated seeing, that you didn't have to this year. Because isn't that COVID's gift to us all? Ah, the gift of isolation. <laughs> <laughs> but also, if you have loved ones that uh, you did get to see, that's dope as hell. And if you have loved ones that you wanted to see but you couldn't, then our heart goes out to you. And uh, we hope that things get better in 2021. Yep. End of the hell year. End of the hell year. Oh. And, and thank God, it really couldn't end soon enough. And, and every time this year sort of began to go up on a high note it immediately was just grabbed by the ankles and pulled down back into the depths of degradation um big uh big eurydice (laughs) vibes yeah 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 uh just just all of us drowning in the river sticks um yo we just can't we can't look back on 2020 (laughs) but that said like it is it is really cool because i kind of had this like moment today where i really look at like when you look back there are some years that like historians really really like point to as like that was a year when a ton of shit happened like 1964 or 1968 is one of those years where jfk was assassinated and there was a whole bunch of like wars and big events and um it was like the the year that was the start of world war ii and i think 2020 is just going to be like a huge year in the history books and it's wild to think that like if any of us have kids or like youngings later on like we're going to be able to talk about what our experiences were and see see my thing is is that i know that when i'm like a grandparent i'm going to have this phobia about like holding hands about um hugging people about Mm. not wearing a mask in public um you know my grandkids are going to be coming up to me and they're going to be like grandpa why don't you pick us up but i'm like i can't get the vid and and that's gonna be (laughs) that's, that's gonna be my lot as a grandfather as this this isolated hermit just secluding himself from his grandchildren and, and and while i am looking forward to that i am also looking forward to the beginning of 2021 where we can mm. sort of start to get you know a new feel for what a year can really mean now uh yeah. because i i have to admit that starting 2020 really didn't mean a whole lot to me like i've never really understood the the joy that comes with the with a new year because i've Mm. never had a year that that to me felt just like wow this needs to be done right now like i need to move forward um moving forward to me was always a given and so now after this year i'm just kind of like oh boy you know maybe i should be a little more grateful to be going into 2021 maybe that should be something i i'm grateful for it's basically like 
you know, thank God 2020 is on its way out. Um, we're yeah. moving on to, to if not a better year, at least a different year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so, like, and so hopefully, hopefully something different will be something to look forward to. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. you know, even despite the the tragedies and the the um the travesties that have occurred in 2020 there's also a lot that for at least me um that I'm very very grateful for um and a lot of and and a lot of thanks that I have for the perspective that I've been given for um, sure for like, sure like like I sure. did not have this perspective <laughs> a year ago you know yeah. when i had just graduated college and i was just did a job in the rocky mountains in colorado and then i come back mm. and i'm like boom I'm gonna be doing a production of newsies um you know now's the time to seize the day and then suddenly yeah. like oh my worst fear which, which which by the way growing up my worst fear and i had a lot of irrational fears as a young boy <laughs> hell you're anxious yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i had some anxieties um when i was younger um one of my greatest fears was that there would be a world ending virus like the stand mm. or like um or, or like like dawn of the dead like i could never watch zombie movies as as a young boy or like left for dead or, like, or left for dead too or yes or left for dead <laughs> um and so, like, that was always an irrational fear of mine. And what I had to tell myself before I'd go to bed every night was that, like, you know, it's just a movie. It's not a real thing. You know, that wouldn't happen nowadays. Mm. And then, boom, guess what, motherfucker? You're 23 and you're living in a fucking COVID wonderland. And so so looking back at that is a, is a bitter pill to swallow. But at the same time, I now have the perspective to understand that I am still here. A lot of people are still here. And for those that aren't, you know, that is a tragedy. That's, <laughs> that's our silver sure. lining. Well, audience, yeah. some people are not yet dead. <laughs> some people made it out. <laughs> Which is, it is a silver lining. That is, that is good. Yes. That is good. But, but I did get at least like 10 things that I was grateful for this year. 10 things. Oh man, what a, what a, what a, uh, what a fantastic segue. Uh, listeners, this is our top 10 of 2020, baby, which is perfect because you add my 10, you add house 10, put it together. It's a 20, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> top 10s and it's 2020. But before we get into that and explaining what we're doing today, how was your Christmas? Did you have a nice Christmas? Any good gifts? <laughs> yeah, it was super nice. I got to, um, we had like a nice socially distant present opening with like seven Seven people, nice. um, so that so that Mr. Cuomo does not break down my door and shoot us all dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, it was very lovely. Everyone wore masks. We all had our presents. Um, I got like some nice sweaters. Oh, um, like I got this really nice like cologne set, like the sampler mm. thing where you know you try like eight different colognes, and then once you decide which one you like, you send them this card, and they give you a full bottle of the one that you chose. Which is super, hey, super cool. Something I really, cool really like. I like the smelling good and all of that. So I'm really <laughs> excited about that. That's um, the hardest part about recording remotely is that I no longer get to smell my co-host. It's right. And, really. And, and I can't wait until the It's the biggest downside so of COVID. Can, yeah. It's what we all miss. Um, and I got this really nice pair of sunglasses and, you know, perfect for the dark gray winter times. And mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that was my Christmas. How was yours? My Christmas was great. I spent it alone because uh, my father has COVID. I looked like he was for sure gone, but 
He's not. He's good. Which is hey. another, another, another one of 2020's infinite blessings. <laughs> another one of the infinite joys of 2020 is my father. It looks like I, he's still positive because he um, is fighting it for weeks and weeks. But um, uh, it looks like he's rounded the corner and everything's mm. great. And so I'm going to show you what my father got me for uh, uh, this. Can you oh, see what this says? Um, everybody, that is a bracelet that has the words of <laughs> carved into the metal. Yeah, and so um, I think I'm just going to bleep that out uh, uh, because this is something my father chose to, to get me because I think COVID has destroyed his brain and so he went into like a tattoo shop and saw this and was like, this is an appropriate gift. This is, this is something my son. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But the thing that made my Christmas and also shout out to my brother. Thank you very much for the, the card games because uh, these were things that I like open to my place is our first piece of Rotaku's merchandise Woo! that my sister made. And it, she hand illustrated this. She took um, her... She, she found all the characters from her favorite episodes and she like hand drew them and then like got them screen printed on two shirts. And so, Hal, you're going to get some for you. <gasps> I yeah, have yeah. one? Oh, yeah, I'm going to wear it every one. day. I'm so oh, excited. Oh, it's going to look amazing on that shredded ass you got. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> um, but uh, I, I love the shirt and it's so dope. And seeing all the characters that like resonated with her really made me grateful that we started this this year. You know, like yeah. 2020, the, the, the year of everything burning down and Rotaku's rising up. Yes, absolutely. Um, the nothing and never-ending story just coming through and destroying everything, but one story survives. One story merges, and it is the story of Hal and Pax. Yeah, and for me, the thing that like really rises uh, there is that like there's this like super cool like drawing of us, but then like whose head is above ours? <laughs> it's fucking. It is fucking. Uh, I don't even remember his goddamn name. It's like name. fucking Crumbo ha- from Blood of Zeus, Hayman's our mortal name. enemy. Oh God. Oh, oh god <laughs> blood of zeus is gonna haunt us forever <laughs> still getting dog shit in the mail <laughs> um but so that said i'm glad we had a lovely christmas we're gonna have an even happier new year but uh it is the end of the year it is the end of the year and we have so much to look forward to in 2021 but uh how what are what are we doing today how how is this episode gonna look So today we kind of wanted to finish off the year of 2020 with a top 10 list of the things that we are grateful for, you know, anime, films, um, movies, uh, any sort of like manga, anything that really brought us joy this year, anything that sparked joy within us. We wanted to share this with all of you and perhaps after the episode, when you listen, you could share some things with us that really spark some joy with you. Hell yeah. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Brotaku's Anime Club. We would love to just hear what you were uh, enjoying this year. Now, uh, what is interesting and cool about these lists is that I did like more broadly um, uh, things from different genres and stuff. But Hal, your list is mostly anime things. Mostly anime things, some games, some collectibles that I've that I've sort of started squirreling away that I'm very excited about. And, Hell yeah. and that's pretty much it, yeah. Hell yeah. So we have our top ten joy sparkers uh, on the show today. Um, did you have anything you wanted to shout out honorable mention wise? Um, you know, uh just one one thing, but I, I think I want to include it in the list. So I think I'll just I think I'll just leave it at that and we'll just get going. Okay. Well in that case, uh would you mind if I, I give some of my Please honorable give mentions? Yours. Okay, so um, things like uh, One Piece. This is, I don't know how Oda does it. Every every single year that goes by, the arcs just get better and better. This year in One Piece has our like first legitimately like awesome um, 
there's a lot of like gender non-conforming characters in one piece but this is the year where one of the best ones is introduced in a way that is like not at all inoffensive or troublesome like one piece has kind of grappled with in the past which is great uh there it's just the hypest arc ever the battles are crazy the art is better than it's ever been one piece is amazing um shout out to i don't think i just made the list uh demon slayer demon slayer is amazing and what i think is the best about demon slayer is that it was like the hypest anime of 2019 and it has the second season coming out but the manga itself is over they cut it off and it wasn't wow. canceled but this is something where they could have milked it shonen wise and been like here is you know the six seven seasons and then a time skip and a whole new series of like demon slayer but they said no that's actually not the story we we want to tell we want to have it be a more condensed thing so if you want an anime that is gorgeous fight design and uh colors and really interesting um animation palettes and set pieces check out demon slayer it's beautiful it's gorgeous and season two is going to come out next year and uh demon slayer is great and the manga ended this year after i think only like a two or three year run so shout out to things that know when to quit <laughs> oh, and that also that also reminds me of one thing speaking of what do you think no one to quit um i actually do have one honorable mention and that is a shout out shout out to akira toriyama um for continuing uh dragon ball super but only in the manga he create uh he continued with the manga and created this new villain called Moro and um Ooh. I'm super excited to start reading it because it, for me it feels like oh my gosh there's like I don't know it feels like it has this sort of um uh a real solid base within it now and now it's not just an anime but it is also like the manga is creating this new original content that you will only be available to those who want to read the manga and you can't just like stream it on YouTube um, on the multiple like, pirate videos. Because didn't the manga start coming out after the anime? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I so it was so. like one of those weird inversions. But so right. that's awesome that he's but, adding but it's like... Still, but it's still going and he's not animating it. Hell yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of excited to start reading that and I just like love that my favorite series is continuing and on an entirely different like note. It's a little darker in this saga so I'm like really excited to get into it. Okay, awesome. Oh, that's cool as shit. Um, uh, okay, uh, last things really quick. Um, amazing album, Aesop Rock, Spirit World Field Guide, legendary underground rapper Aesop Rock, extremely dense verbiage, guy who's uh, more, has, has a denser vocabulary than Shakespeare by like double. Released a new album, it's esoteric, it's cool, it's fun, it bops, it's about going into the spirit worlds, drinking ayahuasca, having a great time. Um, shout out to uh, uh, Dutch-Iranian singer-songwriter Sevdaliza. Her album Shebrang is my favorite uh, just... God, how do you even describe it? Like um, art pop, trip hop, alternative R&B flavored um, blend of like modern pop and Persian music. And there's some trap in there. And like it's... Ladies selling tangerines And with the loving eyes of God Drift back to the sun It's amazing. If you, if you want some like really... Melancholic, just soul-twisting crooning. Uh, check out Shebrang by Sevdaliza. And my last thing, this is going to be controversial, um, is <sighs> Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. This would score mad high on my list. I have been playing it nonstop. It is an amazing game. If you have a, yeah? if you have a PC that can play this thing, Oh my god, it's amazing and it's fun and everything looks so beautiful and you could date people and you could ha change your genitals willy-nilly and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's the best looking game I've ever played in my life. Right. But 
I just, I physically cannot in good conscience put it on a list because for people who are unaware of the Cyberpunk 2077 drama, um, it is literally unplayable on um, uh, like old PS4 systems, base model Xboxes to an extent that like unprecedented um, refund policies are being issued. There are now two class action lawsuits proceeding <gasps> against the company. They Whoa. hit all of this from the media and this is the buggiest game that I've ever played even on PC. Just today I fell through the floor into an abyss. I restarted the game. I came out halfway through another mission. My car was halfway stuck in the pavement going (laughs) before flying into the air and throwing it into a skyscraper. Um, There are constant visual glitches. This thing was not ready for prime time. And they instituted like harmful crunch policies that they promised that they wouldn't. And so between all of this like terrible publicity, the crunch, the production i think that there are certain things where it's like you should just not have the honor of being on a list if you have like also swindled people and really fucked over a consumer base and if only like one out of every five people who bought your thing can actually enjoy it in the way that i have and i am enjoying it it's amazing keanu reeves is the best and he lives in your head and he plays a rock star and like it's amazing um but i just can't i can't put it on the list so shout outs the people who worked on cyberpunk 2077 and to the people who uh, made it, the producers and bosses who decided to make a game about uh, crony capitalism and corrupt corporations abusing workers. Oh, maybe you should have read the script before you decided to torture your workers. (laughs) So fuck the corpos, Cyberpunk 2077 forever, just not on the list. Right. Cool, 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 cool. So let's start off the list. Uh, Pax, do you mind if I go first? Hell yeah, hell yeah. Give us the number, and then we're going to give our thingy bajingies. So I'm going to (laughs) start from the bottom, start from 10 to 1. Um... My number 10. So I have recently started a new collection. Um, I sort of like have these little like spurts where I, I want to, I see something I really like and then I'm like, oh, I have to have every aspect of it. I have to have mm. all of it and I need to make sure that I have it right now within the month and then I usually get disinterested. But I think with this one, I've seen it so often and I've thought to myself so many times like, wow, I, that's so cute. I really do want that. Um, I started collecting Funko Pops. No, oh no! You're a Funko, you're a Funko boy now. Hal, what happened? I, I'm getting there. I I saw them. Well, here's what happened. They, well, when you say collecting, are you like like gotta catch them all style? Or no, like, fuck okay, no. okay. Then that's dope. People can fuck hate on Funkos no. all they want. I think they're cute. Hell yeah. I think they're cute. Um, I don't want every single one of them. Just the ones that I am interested in. And they are the Dragon Ball Z Funkos. And I just love that they made them, that there mm-hmm. are Dragon Ball Z Funkos. And so I've gotten two of them so far. I'm very excited. I got one for Christmas. My, Show my lovely girlfriend got me one. And um, this is an evil <gasps> Majin Buu. Whoa. I'm very excited to have. He looks so cute. He's got a little watermelon head. Yeah, he's got a little holes in his head. And then there's one more that I got for a Secret Santa. And this one's my favorite. And this is... Um, Ooh. this is Vegeta with the classic scouter and the Saiyan armor on his, on his bod. He's got a little tail. He's got the spiky hair. Um, and so I am just gonna have to waste all of my money on these Funkos until I have every single Dragon Ball Funko there is. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's it. I think that's my number 10. Brings me joy. Hell yeah. Number 10 Funkos for sure. Um, okay. My number 10, Death Stranding. Uh, from from Hideo Kojima legendary producer Death Stranding um this game fucking sucks <laughs> this game is uh, it is and there's nothing it's like bad? it stay with me stay with me so, um this is a game where like you 
you you play like a man named Sam Porter Bridges who Norman in kind Reedus. of a post yeah who is played by Norman Reedus who in a post apocalyptic world like is is tasked with traveling across the um the the country to like deliver packages and to make new connections and there is technically combat in the game but it's very much like you're playing an Amazon delivery driver almost oh, okay um and it is uh written in a way that only Hideo Kojima can, where it's pure bullshit. It's pure bullshit. Because as a guy named Sam Porter Bridges, you work for a company named, I think, Bridges, Building Bridges. It's like everything just, it smacks you over the head. The plot is so convoluted. And um, uh, Kojima's like the type of dude, Kojima, who appears as himself canonically in Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> um, um, where like, he has a game where... There's just so much I, I could say about it. Most importantly, that while you go into your little bunker, there's an ad for Norman Reedus's actual AMC show where he rides around on a motorcycle in your the room. Walking Dead? Oh, no. He has like a motorcycle travel show on the same channel, and it'll oh, like okay. cover your genitals as you take a shower. And then you go back out to deliver more packages as you walk around with like a little canteen that converts rainwater into actual monster energy drink. Um, like the brand Monster Energy Drink, which has sponsored this game, and you could find cans of Monster ever. <laughs> this game's a disaster. Wow. Why does it end up in my top 10 list? I don't know why the fuck I played this. It's like 40 minutes long, or 40 hours long, and it's like nothing I've ever played, and yet, goddamn, has this game stuck with me, because it was so different, and it tried something so new, and it swung for the fences, and it invented a bunch of new stuff that's going to lay the groundwork for things. And honestly, with COVID, this is a game all about people isolated by like a literal supernatural plague across the fractured United States. And you play a porter going from place to place, connecting people and making a bridge of like connectivity and communication. And you can literally, you literally only talk with people virtually through the game too, um, with rare exceptions because they're all in their bunkers to hide from this kind of like supernatural plague. And the fact that this came out before COVID, it just it recontextualized everything in such an interesting way. Mm. And so if you can find it, it's probably like out for cheap, cheap right now. Mm -hmm. It's it's worth giving it a, a try. If, you, if you're up for stuff that is, is unique and uh, you can appreciate a, a dumpster fire, um, Death Stranding is just mad interesting. And it's, it's one of those things where like, an experience that isn't necessarily pleasant can still be really worthwhile right. and make you ask yourself a lot of interesting questions. And so, number 10, Death Stranding. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, number nine. I can hear you. The SpongeBob anime series. <gasps> oh, fuck! That's such a good, that is such, that is such a good answer, Hal. Oh my god. If How you don't know what the SpongeBob on? anime series is, oh my god. which I'm sure a lot of people don't, I want you to look it up on YouTube. Just look up SpongeBob anime, and I promise you, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. The the production value Dude. of oh this series is unreal. It is <sighs> unreal. It is I'd... something that I would actively seek out. If I if there were moving. more of it, yeah. like I, I would 100% watch all of it. And I did. I did watch everything that there was. And and just like shout out, shout out to to the SpongeBob anime series and, and the wonderful people that created it because. God, it, it was so unique and it was so funny 
just in 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 the the high production value of it. It made yeah. me laugh because it was just ridiculous how good it was. And it was such a love letter too. You know, we got to get someone involved in that on the show at some point because it was such a love letter. It was something where it shouldn't have worked, you know? And yet they took the material like very seriously. Like it, it wasn't something where it, I mean like modern comedy, we're always like rolling our eyes and, you know, post, post, post irony. And, but this is something where it's just, it's, it's so wholesome. It's a love letter. And yet it's ridiculous. Like fucking seeing bubble bass fighting really so good. Oh my Lord. So firm agree. That's a, that's a fucking great choice. Um, my number nine, I got to go with one of my favorite albums of the year, uh, Anime, Trauma, and Divorce by Open Mike Eagle. Should have been cool, but dude got screwed up, his shit got burned up, so he fucked her up, and she turned big. I got chewed up, this shit fucked me up, so I'm uh, fucked you up. Open Mike Eagle is, a, is the progenitor of art rap and is a just brilliant force of... Um, I think I, I think of him as someone who's like learned to simplify and trust his uniqueness in such a way that less is so much more on an open Mike Eagle album. And you have um, tracks like uh, I'm a Joe star. I love that black one. Power fantasy. Yeah. Um, I love the black mirror episode on it. Uh, I don't, I don't want to spoil all of the, the different turns that it takes, but it has a lot of odes to anime, but also just what it's like to kind of um, experience divorce mid COVID and all of just these really heartbreaking, heartbreaking lines. Um, it's really something that's, that's best experienced by you. And hopefully the title anime trauma and divorce encapsulates it enough for you. But if not, um, God, his other albums, uh, brick body kids, still daydream. Open Mike Eagle is a fantastic artist. I could not heavily enough endorse his music and I hope everybody yeah, gives absolutely. it a listen because it couldn't have been made in any at any other time by any other person. And that's what makes some of my favorite art. <laughs> so uh, shout out Open Mike. And uh, my number eight is actually sort of similar. So running in a, in a similar vein. Um, so one thing that I do is I, I like playing Dungeons and Dragons a lot. I like being a dungeon master for, for my party. Shout out. And um, I have a habit of when I'm like driving or when I'm cleaning or something, I listen to soundtracks from movies, from from uh, shows, from all, from video games, all sorts of different things, just to see if I can find any like ambiance, any movies. We hung out like two, when we hung out like two summers ago. I remember when when you were in Ohio. <laughs> yes. We took a really nice walk for like hours, and we saw like ducks and shit, and it was an amazing yeah. thing. Yeah. And then we get back in the car to like go back to like the town, and you're like. Um, do you mind if I play the Dark Souls soundtrack for 40 minutes? <laughs> and it was amazing. It was a great idea. It was actually hype yeah, as hell. It was cool. It's really cool. And it's fun. And it's something that I usually do when I'm alone because uh, it makes me look like a psycho. Um, but one thing that I found uh, this year, it was my introduction to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And in just on a whim, I decided, like, oh, maybe I'll just, you know, look up, see if there's any, like, original soundtrack. Mm. Um, any original soundtracks out there. There are so, so many. Mm. There's so much music for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and it is all incredible. It is all amazing. Are you saying you've been incorporating that in your sessions? Yes. Yes, oh, absolutely. JoJo's so music, and it's not even like anything that's like just like the title sequences of certain seasons, which are great, but it's also like there are just moments, um, like in the fifth in the fifth arc. 
um, they're all in Italian. All of the um, the soundtrack, like the titles of these songs, all in Italian. Oh, wow. And it's just um, moments that you might not even pick up in the show. It's just like mood music that you would hear, like when um, Dio is is like chilling out in his room wreathed in shadow the music that might play behind him you can find like that track on spotify mm. that will play behind him and it is perfect for any situation it is amazing and i just gotta say that you know like my number eight has to go out to the original soundtrack for all of the jojo bizarre adventure series hell yeah hell yeah oh man nothing but fire suggestions dude um uh, my number eight real quick uh is one of my favorite tv shows of the year um i think that this is my only it's my only live action show on here uh the uh, i don't love all superhero things i think that like some of the directions marvel movies have been taking is <laughs> getting a little a little wacky a lot of them are kind of just like like let's see how well we could get along with the cia <laughs> you know um but i love doom patrol D- DC's oh, Doom Patrol. Yeah. It's the best thing that's ever come out of Brendan the DC Frazier, canon. Right? It's Brendan Fraser. It has amazing actors in it. Alan Tudyk is the main villain uh, in it. And um, it's just fucking amazing. It's one of those things where like, it has all the prestige, uh, constructed elements of like uh, a freaking Breaking Bad when you talk about cinematography. But it's ambitious and it's really funny and irreverent in the way that like the best like Black Label and like Vertigo DC comics were. And... Um, Everything is so well actualized. Doom Patrol is one of the funniest shows I've seen, the most heartfelt shows, and it's fucking amazing. Watch Doom Patrol. It's it's really, really special. You could watch it on HBO Max, who's sponsoring the Brotakus podcast. HBO Max. You thought regular HBO was good? Now Max it, baby. HBO Max. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, my brain will be good again in 2021 bro <laughs> i i doubt it for myself personally <laughs> <laughs> that was a good diss too though <laughs> all right what's your number um, seven number seven um honestly and this is a very very general thing and i feel like a lot of people might agree with this but for me it's just the memes the mm. memes of 2020 just everyone has simultaneously adopted gallows humor and and it just fucking kills me mm. no pun intended there um just yeah i just got to say that like when i'm doom scrolling online and and i'm feeling down in the dumps to know that someone else is also feeling down in the dumps i was like yeah everything sucks and i want to die but like hey that's kind of funny right um <laughs> yeah, i just, yeah, I just yeah. love that that sort of solidarity that you have with other people while wanting to light yourself aflame uh, I just love the memes. So number seven is the memes. Number seven is the 2020 memes. <laughs> the memes. That's a great fucking. I love the. I love the direction you took this, man. I think this that this is a good counterbalance. What we have. Shout out the memes. Firm agree. Not a meme hater here. Not I feel. You know what? I know some people who don't like music who will just say like, uh, yeah, I don't really like music, <laughs> and and that always makes me feel like. Uh, okay what happened to you but like i know no one who doesn't like a good meme you know what i mean even um even like old old ass uh boomers they got their like uh despicable me minions memes right 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 right, right. they've got like the base form of what like memes were in like 2000 oh yeah dude our our grandkids are gonna come up to us as we're making jokes about they're gonna be like man you know i really don't like how like grandpa's always calling me his little pog champ and he's always (laughs) (laughs) it's always sharing memes with wojax and pepe (laughs) and rare pepe's on it and uh yeah and i can't wait i can't wait shout out the memes um my number seven 
Uh, one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, I have a signed photo of them. Uh, Dorian Electra's My Agenda. My Agenda. And Dorian Electra is a fantastic powerhouse uh, uh, pop singer and is a non-binary artist whose 2018 album um, Flamboyant is one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, Dorian Electra concert, maybe the best I'd ever gone to. Dorian Electra's amazing. And Flamboyant was all about like kind of like love letters and parodies of like masculine tropes. Um, in a way that was hilarious and heartfelt, very SpongeBob anime vibes. Um, but my agenda, the opening track features Pussy Riot and the Village People, and uh, is about turning frogs gay and saying my agenda. And it's, it's amazing. And the whole track, the, the whole thing is a concept album uh, delineating a a kind of like um, black-pilled incel online who thinks that the gay agenda is like out to get him and is in his cave uh, crafting songs to uh, Milady and, and uh, tipping his fedora. And... Um featuring uh, Rebecca Black from the Friday song, a song yeah, called yeah, Edge Lord, yeah. which is amazing on it. And it, 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 it shows this man's like descent eventually being like converted by the gay agenda until he's like strung up by chains and like a, a gay, almost like post-apocalyptic utopia. It's like, it's so weird and fucked up. And yet every song is deranged. That sounds absolutely deranged, which is perfect for you. It's perfect <laughs> for me. It's perfect for me. And it's an amazing bop. All the songs are so good. Um, Dorian Electra, My Agenda, number seven. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, all right, my number six. And I think that you would agree with me on this, Pax. Um, Castlevania. <gasps> uh <laughs> yeah. Castlevania uh. has... I, and, and honestly, I, I could have put this farther up on the list, but because we've spoken about it so many times, and because everyone already knows that I just fucking love Castlevania, um, I just had to put it on the list yeah. because I would feel... I would feel like such such an ungrateful little heathen for, <laughs> for watching it as much as I do and not including it on my top ten list. God, it ever it is so rewatchable. The rewatch value for for Castlevania is just astronomical, mm -hmm. and I don't think I've ever watched a better series ever. I've yet to watch one that's better. Hell yeah! And so that's my number six, Castlevania. Firmly agree. Castlevania, huge highlight of the year. Um, my number six is. Book that came out in 2019, but I, <laughs> I read this book for a year. Basically, it it was one of those things where it's dense and it takes you a long time to get to, um, and it's one of my favorite books ever. Now I'm talking about Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. Now Marlon James had almost like tongue in cheekly described this as a uh, African Game of Thrones, which is such an underservice to it because it, it's just better than than Game of Thrones. It 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 follows a young man in kind of a um, historical, mythological, fantastic um, landscape between like North and, and South Africa with raised political tensions and following a young man named Tracker, who is this like young, uh, like gay man growing up in a tribe who is heinously um, abused and cast out into society. But the whole novel has the 
it's just gorgeous, complicated language that you you would find in just some of the best novels. But it's complicated language is one of the reasons why it is intentionally difficult to get through. There is a moment where he fights like um like angry were hyenas and describes sinking into rivers where where evil omolozu are spirits that only live on the roofs of buildings. So he only sleeps out under stars because the omolozu hunt him and. It is the the darkest fantasy I've ever read. Um, literally every possible trigger warning you could think of applies to this. It is stomach churning and disgusting and horrifying, and yet it's amazing and beautiful and heart wrenching. And the story of Tracker following a young boy. The opening line of the book, I believe, is um, is like uh, the boy is dead. The mission has failed. And the rest of the book is detailing the mission. And this is the first. Immediately, the rights were purchased by Michael B. Jordan to adapt it into a movie. And it's only mm. the first in what I believe Marlon is calling the Dark Sun or the Dark Star trilogy, in which the next two books are going to be the same story, uh, just from different characters' perspectives in the book, which is uh. amazing because one of the things that he really adapts brilliantly from like African uh, folklore is the idea of the trickster. And the idea of the unreliable narrator. And so constantly as you're as you're reading the book, you definitely get the sense that like, ooh, that's not that whole passage wasn't what it says it is. Because I won't I won't spoil like the framing device because Tracker's the narrator as well. But you absolutely see like that's a lie. That's that's clearly hiding something. And the idea that you are not getting an accurate story just makes the mystery even greater because you unravel things and you pick up on things. And it took me a year to read. It's a 600-page epic. But um, Black Leopard Red Wolf is gorgeous. Uh, Read it unless you're not into darker material because it'll horrify you. But it's my number six. Okay. All right. And uh, before I hit number, let's see, that was five out of ten. Why don't we just take a quick little break? Taking a quick little break. uh, We'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back. We just went through uh, five of our favorite things in our top ten list of 2020. Um, but five is I, only half of ten. That's true, <laughs> and so now we gotta do five again. So buckle second, up, buttercup. Second rep, bitch, get ready. <laughs> um, but All right. Bef- so, before we dive into part two, uh, I just wanted to say that something that I've been doing a ton of this year, and I know that uh, Hal has as well, I've probably played like 200 hours of D&D this year. And I just yeah. wanted to shout out my D&D party, because you have gotten me through this year for sure. So shout out uh, Emmett, Haley, Evelyn, Julia, Jack. Um, shout out the Goatsman, the Sharn Inquisitive. Um, I, I In these two separate campaigns, it's been some of the best memories of 2020 and getting to connect with people every week is like a huge blessing. And I love playing with artists and actors. It's so much fun. And um, just thank you so much for the joy that y'all bring. Uh, and you, play, you, you play D&D as well, right, Hal? You were mentioning earlier. I do, yeah. I'm actually uh, sort of doing a little DMing myself of, of this, this time period. Um, you get and- rave reviews, bro. Thank you. Thank you. I We're having a lot of fun. It's becoming a little more solid, becoming a little more fluid as well. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, the COVID Crusaders. Blah, blah, no blah, blah, blah. way. Is that the uh, name? That's the name. We are the COVID <laughs> Crusaders. Um, so Holy again, shit. shout out to Emmett, actually, because he is also in my campaign. Shout out to Emmett, Natalie, Kira, Andrew, Shay, Jeffrey. I know that you are doing your own thing and we miss you. We love you. We hope that you're doing well. 
Um, shout out to all you guys because it is the highlight of my week. Every every Sunday night, that's what we're doing. So, <laughs> COVID Crusaders, shout out. <laughs> Hell yeah! So, shouting out to D and D. But that said, uh, we still got um, we still got some uh, some some numbers to go. So, can I lead in with number five? Please do. So, number five. Uh, so, number five. Among Us, <laughs> the game Among Us. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, th- and so, yeah, uh, this is now me saying officially Among Us is a better game than Cyberpunk 2077. Um, granted, I love Cyberpunk, but uh, hey, who made the list Cyberpunk? This is on you. Um, <laughs> I've just spent so many great nights playing Among Us with our friends, and it's, I think, the antithesis of Cyberpunk in the sense that, like, it's a game that works. <laughs> and it works on your phone and it works on your computer and it's really low effort like uh, 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 low taxing it's not very taxing on your computer and anyone can play it and anyone has a freaking blast and it's highly social it's just great there's a reason it was a hit this year I love you Among Us thank you for all that you've given me absolutely um, so my number five is I just uh, I was looking for a new read at the beginning of 2020. Oh, look at Captain. I know how to read over here. Kind of know how to read. And we'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I mean by that. But um, <laughs> so at the beginning of the year, I think I'm walking through Barnes & Noble and I see this this leather-bound book with one word on it. And, and, and I immediately text you, Pax. And I'm like, yo, what is this about? What is this story about? I've heard of it, but I've never actually engaged in it. Um, and Pax's recommendation was immediately like, Dude, get it, read it. It's amazing. It's incredible. Hope you're fucking ready. Hope you're strapped in. It's gonna be a dark journey, um, and that is berserk. <gasps> oh. And so I finally finished volume one of the Berserk Deluxe Edition. For real, for real, finished it, and and I I cannot wait to continue. I cannot wait to get the rest of the volumes. The this series has like anything, anything mm. you could want. It's got incredible fight sequences. The art in it is just astounding. Just the the dark tones, the shades, the the just the illustrations are just breathtaking. Um, and the story itself, the story behind Berserk in Volume One, it starts off with like the story is already well underway. Um, and, and, and you as a reader, you're, you're sort of missing a lot of context. Um, but, but in this, this aloof character named Guts, the, the black swordsman who is just this incredibly powerful, um, man who has this, this brand on the back of his neck, constantly evading demons, going through these, these dark themes of like what lies within us, um, as, as humans, um, it's just astounding, and there are like th- four more volumes um, that are just these thick, thick books. I cannot wait to read more. Mm. I'm so glad you mentioned it. It's one of my. It's definitely my like top five favorite series ever. It's unbelievable. Uh, great choice. Great choice. Uh, are you ready for my number four? Absolutely. Number four. Run the Jewels 4, 4, baby. Run the Jewels 4. Uh, Run the Jewels, one of my favorite, uh, no, I could say definitely my favorite hip-hop duo, uh, maybe of all time, but it's uh, it's Killer Mike and LP, El Producto. Um, 
not only did they create the most like politically prescient um, album of 2020 in terms of just screeds against like police violence and capitalism and like healthcare denial, but it's just banger after banger. Uh, Run the Jewels for I bought so many merch, so much merch from them. I was gonna go see them in Rage Against the Machine at the KeyBank uh, uh, Stadium up here um, uh, this summer. And yet, COVID has taken that away as well. But I don't know, they'll probably be back next year, and you know, I'll, I'll yeah. come visit upstate, and it'll be good. Um, Run the Jewels 4. Uh, it's a fucking amazing album, and they just get better and better. I don't know how they do it, but they do. Run the Jewels 4. What's Absolutely. your number four? My number four, and this is going to sound kind of weird, um, but it is something that I actually just received for Christmas. Um, it is a gift that my girlfriend's older brother actually gave it to me because he had texted me saying hey uh did you hear about this thing i look at captain i can read and have a girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) he had had texted me and he said like hey i read this book and i think you would really like it you like sci-fi right and i was like yeah i love sci-fi but i haven't read in fucking like a real book and like for fucking ever because mm-hmm. it's too much time and my attention span won't hold long enough um and that is dune and that <gasps> is, oh, so good by frank herbert and i've yet to read it i literally just started it today but i am so so excited to to start reading it because it is such a thick little book it is like a it is a 900 800 and like 80 page book um, that is soon to be a major motion picture uh, starring Timothy Chalamet and um, multiple other big names um, I know about. And and it's nice to feel inspired to sort of read something that is within my wheelhouse again, mm-hmm. um, a little science fiction that I know I'm really going to love. And just that someone was, you know, you know, lives half the country away, but, you know, thought of me after reading this book and decided, like, I want to give this as a gift because... It inspired me. I want someone to feel that as well. So that is my number four. Hell yeah. Number four off the hype alone. God damn. Go Dune. Um, uh, I know Emmett just started. Uh, or he just reread that. So check base with him. because Oh, he did. Yeah, and Dune's one of the most amazing things ever. It's so good. Um, oh, okay. Cool. I'm so but excited. Yeah, uh, I'm so excited for you to read that. And we should definitely uh, talk once you have because... Uh, it's amazing. We should also watch the original Dune movie starring Kyle MacLaughlin because it's... I, I was scrolling HBO Max today and I saw that it was on there. Because oh, it is rare. It's by David Lynch, dude. Like <laughs> It's a weird one. Um, hmm. But yeah, uh, again, great choice. Uh, my number three. Castlevania. Yeah. <laughs> Castlevania, baby. So it's nice we say it twice, it's baby. It's gotta be. Uh, Castlevania is just too good to not uh, to not give it the spot. It's fucking flawless and i love it i love you guys <laughs> and i can't wait for season four even if oh even, fuck i forgot they were okay for season bro four. even if Ugh. even if covid 20 and covid 21 drop <laughs> in 2021 do you get what i'm saying like yeah, even yeah if we yes, have yes, just, yes 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 if it's like damn new covid just dropped man <laughs> like, like uh, hey man <laughs> we'll at least yeah. have season four as we like put oh, on our fuck. our you know uh motorcycle helmets and start riding out into the wasteland We'll have season four to keep us company, and that'll be dope. Um, Absolutely. What's your number three? Ooh, my number three, and it is something that you also, that actually you turned me on to, Pax. Oh, yeah? It is the game Hades by Supergiant Games. Hell yeah. Fucking Hades on the Nintendo Switch. Um, This is sort of like a roguish hack and slash um, uh, archetype where 
you play the son of Hades, his name is Zagreus, and your your goal is to escape the underworld and get to the to the the world on up top by going through these random rooms filled with enemies um and this beat 'em up adventure and i I think it is the best game I've ever played mm. i I truly feel that way because because even though so like I played it the first time and it doesn't really tell you how to play at first it just kind of just like hey here you go off into the underworld you go and you fight and then I got my ass kicked by the first boss Meg and I was like oh shit I died now what and then suddenly you're in a different place and you're like in the house of Hades and it gives up it gives you this theme of like there is no escape from the underworld every time you die mm-hmm. you are brought back to the house of Hades with different with, with these new interactions with all these characters. Um, and it's so well-written. So well-written. First of all, it is so funny. It is so heart heartfelt. All of these interactions. Um, I have never, ever, in any game, wanted to go around and speak to every NPC. Ever. And Hades makes me want to do that. Every time I get my ass whooped, and I go back, I'm like, shit, I gotta go find everyone, talk to everyone, see what they say. The sheer volume of voice work that went into oh. this game um, is un- astounding. I have never been through a game that is different every single time you play it. Every time. And it gives no indication that it's gonna stop being different every time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I've died like 30 times, and there's still more stuff coming. And it changes depending on what options you pick. So it's like... And insane things you would never think the game would recognize it picks up on. And yeah, it, like, it's, it's so intuitive. So and, and so like, that's gotta be in my top three because I, I've spent so many hours playing that game already. Oh, I just fucking love it. It's so good. And the protagonist is so likable. You know, among yeah. other things. So yeah, that's gotta be in my top three. Oh, that's a great call, man. I wish I included it like up here because that, that's, that's a great call. It's a great call. Um, can I give you my number two? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, my number two is my favorite documentary of the year and one of my favorite documentaries ever. It's a documentary called Feels Good Man. And okay. I've heard of that. And Feels Good Man, I can't... I, I remember we, we talked after I saw it and I was like so blown away. Like you called me right after I had um, just finished it. And it is a documentary about Pepe the Frog. Pepe the Frog and the evolution of Pepe. Feels Good Man won a goddamn um, Sundance Award for a really good reason. So the film stars uh, Matt Fury, who's the creator of Pepe the Frog. And so it is really like a story where (laughs) Matt Fury and Pepe are kind of like dual protagonists because um, Pepe the Frog... And, and and it's just so shocking watching this because I remember like being there when 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 Pepe started like um, becoming like a big internet meme and being on like 4chan and across the Chan boards and then migrating. Um, Matt Fury created Pepe as a uh, comic on MySpace called Boys Club, and so they were like one of four twenty-something like slacker friends who lived together. And the eponymous title in, in like Mimi phrase feels good, man, uh, which you used to see in the Pepe memes was from uh, Pepe uh, being caught. He was going to the bathroom, but he was peeing and he just had like all of his pants just like around his like ankles <laughs> and pulled his underwear completely off, too. And one of his friends like walks into the bathroom and is like, Pepe, why are you doing that? And Pepe's like, I don't know. It feels good, man. <laughs> like, it feels good, man. <laughs> and and there's just something melancholic and hopeful about Pepe and I don't want to ruin the places it goes, but people who know Pepe the Frog know that Pepe was um, essentially stolen and co-opted by 
American Nazis. Yeah. And became this symbol of hatred. And Pepe eventually became listed as a hate symbol on the Southern Poverty Law Center's um, hate speech watch list. And so the film feels good, man. It follows Matt Fury, the creator of Pepe, and Pepe uh, himself as they both evolve. And Matt struggled to try to like reclaim Pepe at one point to just like murder Pepe. And seeing how his creation becomes so far out of his hands and so distorted and permutated. And it's the only film I've ever seen that really nails what the internet is like, that really nails the evolution and watching it almost feels like you're doom scrolling, but also going into this hopeful spiral with these great interstitial animations of just Pepe chilling laced throughout it. It's a gorgeous piece of art and it shakes you. It asks great questions about authorial intent and ownership of art. It's just one of the best things I've ever seen. Feels good, man, documentary. Watch it now. It's so good. That's my number two. What's your number two? Where, where can I find that? Where can I find that? Uh, I think I found it on Amazon. Um, and oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. If, if that's it. not right, if that's not I'll right, then <laughs> well, we'll it figure up. it out. Um, yeah. So um, my number two, uh, and this is going to be sort of generic, but I watched my first Miyazaki film this year. Um, great I watched choice. my first Miyazaki film this year, and it was Spirited Away. And it truly, truly transformed my idea of what art can be. And just like, it was so atypical from anything else I had ever watched. Um, and so visually breathtaking. And the stories themselves are so engaging and so mm. hopeful. And so, so just, um, I feel like true to the human spirit, um, like watching Spirited Away, and then I watched, you know, Princess Mononoke, which is, which rates as one of my favorite films of all time. Mm -hmm. Princess Mononoke does. Um, I watched Castle in the Sky. You know, I'm watching Howl's Moving Castle now, and Kiki's Delivery Service, and just being introduced to this world that Miyazaki has created in these protagonists um, really was life changing for me, um, and it sort of gave me a new scope of what of what creative of what a creative entity can be mm. um makes you so hope. it really does it really does and whenever i think of miyazaki films i think of like that warm feeling in my chest and so when you know hbo hbo announced that hey we're gonna have a lot of miyazaki studio ghibli films um on hbo i immediately went through and put all of them on my list even the ones i'd already seen Mm. because I am just so excited to feel that again, to watch them again and again and again. Um, yeah, I think that's my number two. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, for my number one, this is the big thing, you know, your favorite thing of the year, a lot of pressure on this. And I made a remark earlier about how there was something I wanted to put on my top 10 list. And uh, I made that remark because I did put it on my top 10 list, and my number one favorite thing of the year is fucking Hades by Supergiant Games. Shut up! It's so good. My number one favorite thing of the year is Hades by Supergiant Games. This game's fucking amazing! It's so it's good! Everything about it! It's real. 
it just rocks and it's something where it's you were mentioning like insane amounts of voice work it's because they have like in-house voice actors that throughout the development process they constantly are going to them for lines and they update it with lines even now because the person who yeah yeah because the person who plays um uh the main character zagreus also plays skelly also plays orpheus also plays like uh, several other characters and like the voice of zeus is the voice of neptune is the voice of hades and like they all share these things and the guy similarly who who um plays Zagreus is their in-house like music dude and he writes with the voice of Eurydice all the music in the game and they wrote that together and they performed that song good riddance together and it's amazing dude this is what I'm talking about it's like a creative cabal of people like putting all their dreams together and refining different like uh formulas and and just daring to dream there's not a single even one character in the game I even enjoy talking to slightly less than the other ones I love chaos as much as I love Artemis as much as I love Nyx as much as I love oh my god baby Hypnos Achilles Patroclus like all these characters they all have such distinct personalities like I know I have a feeling of how they're going to react to when I go up to them. Even yeah. Fucking Cerberus. Um, like the narrator, you know, indicating, like narrating what Cerberus' response yeah. is to something. Um, and just like the humor within the story, just like the bosses that you fight, you know, the 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 humor behind fighting the same people over and over and over and over again and that they just have to do it. They're all doomed to fight each other over and over again. Endless cycle of violence with this irreverent, um, like tongue-in-cheek uh, dialogue between them and it yet, is yeah, so, Zagreus so is funny. that's so yeah, because he is the god of rebirth. He is the god of like blood, but in, it, he's choosing to to remain and to do this and to. But but here's the thing: don't spoil all of it for me because I literally just made my first escape. No, of course, of course, because even so, after like, that I'm escape, so there's so much more. There's so much oh, more. Oh my god! And I I am curious if they'll ever like drop an expansion for it because you know I I think you know it would be great, but like there's still an insane amount of content. Like it felt like I wasn't even halfway done after my first escape, and um, it's just fucking perfect, man. Uh, I'm in love it's with a Meg. Perfect game. I'm in love with Thanatos. I'm in love with Deuce. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's perfect. Um, and it it's just when everything clicks it's something real special and it's 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 something that's so astounding in its craft i can't help but give it the number one for me and um all their games have always been amazingly well written like check out transistor and bastion and pyre like really great games and they've always been very fun to play but hades is fucking amazing to play it's fucking amazing to play just it feels so good and Mm -hmm. on top of having perfect writing hades number one swear down for sure play hades absolutely what's your number one brother uh my number one um you might think me a little silly for saying this but my number one is brotaku's anime club oh Um, are you serious no i'm dead dead serious um just god and and don't don't you know the shameful plug here um this we don't need to plug it while they're listening (laughs) like they know it's not a plug they're not listen to this this right now (laughs) (laughs) oh holy shit Um, oh man yeah i i think butaka's anime club hat is it really does feel like like my baby Mm. um our baby and um i just remember when you know, when at the beginning of COVID, before it had like really made its way down to the U.S., before it had really like taken root here in our society, um, I remember driving down the highway at one point, heading to um, 
a production of Newsies because I was I was performing at the time. I was driving mm-hmm. uh, for my check-in and I remember having the thought of like, wow, I, you know, I thought of you and I was just like, man, we, I wonder what would happen because I was listening to a podcast at the time. I was like, man, we could probably do something like that, you know, and at the time I was like, oh, we should do it about D&D. You know, we both do that. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. It was originally supposed to be about that and then. You know, we talked about it briefly. And meanwhile, I was I was working on a fucking podcast, and I was working on a podcast that yeah, I have multiple on Dead on Arrival. Yeah, called Dead on Arrival, and we have multiple episodes recorded. I was gonna drop one last week, but I figured no one cares. It's Christmas. I'm just gonna chill out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all this while, like nothing was quite clicking. I didn't have a co-host. I didn't have somebody I could like really, really vibe with. And 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 it was it was fun, but I was still just kind of like searching. I was searching and then I get the call from yeah. Hal. Yeah. And, and so I called, we, we talked about it and some time went by March came, I was doing a job in Toronto. I was working for Disney and, and I remember taking that step to write down the show notes for yeah. the first time and sending it to you. And res- you responding with this, this enthusiasm being like, Oh shit, this is like a real thing. We can do this. Cause what that said to me is like, Oh, this is someone who is serious. This is like an actual, like someone who would partner with me on this. Not someone who is just like, cause I'm the perennial like group project doer. Yeah. <laughs> being, yeah, yeah. <laughs> being like, fuck it. I want it. I need it to be perfect. I'm doing it all myself. And, uh, uh, Hal just came through with these amazing show notes and this concept, uh, was all Hal's and, um, God, I, and- I, I remember connecting on that and just being so excited to see where it went. And like at the time I had like, I didn't have a microphone. I didn't have anything. And then suddenly, boom, we're in quarantine. I'm isolated for weeks. And I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe I'll just order a mic and see what happens. And so I learned how to use a microphone because of the podcast. I learned how to make recordings because of the podcast. I, I started watching anime more intensely, started analyzing it more, started enjoying mm-hmm. it more because of this podcast. And so, so much of my life since since we came up with it has been about this show and i i really attribute a lot of my growth this year my personal growth to working with you on this and so you know i just wanted to say that bro Tacos anime club is my number one for 2020 what a sweet wholesome placing i agree uh I agree. Brotaku's Anime Club. Brotaku's Anime Club 2020. Brotaku's yeah. Anime Club 2021. Brotaku's.com forever forward slash Brotaku's. Um, I just watched that episode today. Oh, oh yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's a great. Um, that's a great button, man. Now, that said, there is another year coming up. Do you want to still do this? Uh, yeah, we need to prepare for season two. Yeah. Are you are you sure there's still time to back out? There's still. There's still after this episode airs, there will still be one day before 2021. Are you sure? No, I think I'm ready for Brotaku Shippuden. For Brotaku Shippuden with a, with a fucking time skip and and we, but if it's season two, we gotta raise the stakes. We gotta have some badass guests on and some insane topics and collabs. We might have to have memes, video content blowing yeah, up, defying really. expectations. The rare classic where season two is better than the first fucking over the sophomore slump. Absolutely. And we'll take over the internet. This is our time. We're going to get there. Hal and Pax are going to be household names. We're going to be better than Pepe the Frog. Hopefully not turn into a horrible Oh my god! Symbol. Oh no! God. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Shout out to Steve Bannon, our most loyal listener. <laughs> He's got... 
God, imagine. Could you imagine if that was what our listenership was like? If it was like Liz Cheney and Steve Bannon and Kelly. <laughs> it was the only thing that Kellyanne Conway and her husband agreed upon is how good Brotakis <laughs> <Brotakis> was. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, but uh, thank you, everyone, who made season one so amazing. Thank you to the great guests that we had. Uh, also, like, shout out to, to Jeff for attending, like, uh, one of our first episodes that we didn't release because we were still figuring things out. Yeah. Um, like, thank you everyone for being along this uh journey with us that, that's like the opening line <laughs> thank you for joining uh, the journey together with us um because this has really made my year so bright and we look forward to giving back all that love you've given us 10 times over and we're gonna make everybody mad proud so keep yeah, on listening we're gonna to- come back like naruto with jiraiya sensei you know mastering the rasengan we're gonna be uh wearing a different outfit wearing a- instead of like the goofy orange jumpsuit now the cooler a little more mature orange jumpsuit yes um, i for some I reason will wait. have like gigantic f cup titties like they'll have yeah. the time skip titties just bouncing in opposite directions and my like- eyes will be different colors Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. And it'll all make sense because we'll finally be 15 instead of 12. Right. We'll find justice ripped, though. <laughs> so, everybody, um, check us out. We're going to be back uh, mad soon, but I hope everyone has some happy holidays. And uh, that said, I'm Pax. And I'm Hal. And, and we're the Bro Takus, baby. Love you Thanks, so much. Thanks, everyone. You have a fine ass new year. We're going to see you soon for season two.